The executive yen has approved the resignation of Transport Minister Lin Jialong, whose last day will be next Tuesday. Lin tendered his resignation in the wake of the April 2nd Taroko Express crash, which killed 49 and injured dozens more. Thursday afternoon in Taipei, the government held its first memorial service for the crash victims. President Tsai Ing-wen, Premier Su Jintang and the Transport Minister himself attended the memorial. Later on, the minister was tight-lipped when questioned by media, but he gave a deep bow and thanked those who had gathered. President Tsai Ing-wen received a U.S. delegation on Thursday, the first sent by U.S. President Joe Biden. It was described as an unofficial delegation led by Chris Dodd, a former U.S. senator and close confidant to Biden. No details of the purpose of their visit have been supplied, but Tsai, Tsai Ing-wen said their arrival underscores U.S. bipartisan support for Taiwan. President Tsai on Thursday received guests from afar, a delegation led by Biden's close friend, former Senator Dodd. This is the first delegation that the Biden administration has sent to Taiwan since taking office. Your visit highlights the growing partnership between Taiwan and the United States. Your trip reflects the bipartisan support for Taiwan in the United States. We are here today as a bipartisan delegation. And I appreciate your words, Madam President, about the bipartisan nature of our delegation at the request of my long-standing friend, President Joe Biden, to reaffirm the U.S. commitment to this partnership and to deepening our cooperation on the multitude of interests that we share in common. Here in Taiwan with Dodd are two former U.S. Secretaries of State, Richard Armitage and James Steinberg. And I can say with confidence that the United States partnership with Taiwan is stronger than ever. We share deep economic ties, a mutual commitment to democratic values, and a critically important security partnership. Speaking before her guests, Tsai addressed the issue of China's constant intrusions in Taiwan airspace. Recently, China has frequently dispatched military vessels and aircraft to carry out maneuvers in the waters and airspace surrounding Taiwan. These actions alter the status quo in the Indo-Pacific and threaten regional peace and stability. Taiwan is an active contributor to the international community. We are very willing to work with like-minded countries, including the United States, to jointly safeguard the peace and stability of the Indo-Pacific region and deter aggression and provocation. You will find the Biden administration, Madam President, to be a reliable, trusted friend. And I am confident this administration will help you expand your international space and support your investments in self-defense. The Biden administration will also seek further deepening of our already robust economic ties. The delegation is here strictly in an unofficial capacity. Even so, it's being closely watched for signals on the future of the Taiwan-U.S. partnership. Staying on the U.S. visit, as it gets underway, U.S. climate envoy John Kerry is in China for three days of talks on climate change. Kerry arrived in Shanghai on Wednesday, the same day that former Senator Chris Dodd landed in Taiwan. President Tsai Ing-wen appeared to allude to Kerry when receiving Dodd on Thursday. The Biden administration is actively working with the international community on the issue of climate change. Taiwan is committed to carbon reduction and developing green energy. I believe this is a key area in which we can cooperate over the long term. 
陶德这次来哈，其实他就是拜登的特使。Dodd has come as a special envoy for Biden. What I said earlier about him coming with a message for Tsai that is extremely plausible. John Kerry, the special presidential envoy for climate change affairs, went to Shanghai. He won't be meeting Xi Jinping as he's not going to Beijing, and afterward he's going to Seoul. This means China is simply one stop on an itinerary. An analyst points out that Kerry is an official presidential envoy, while Dodd is a confidant to the U.S. president with no official capacity. The two are in Shanghai and Taipei, respectively, for roughly the same amount of time. The analyst says their arrival shows the careful calculus of the Biden administration as it weighs its Indo-Pacific strategy. Beijing said Wednesday that the Republic of China government does not exist. At a press briefing, Taiwan Affairs Office spokesman Ma Xiaoguang said that when the KMT lost the Chinese Civil War in 1949, its ROC government lost the legal right to represent the people of China and therefore ceased to exist. In response, KMT Chairman Johnny Chang said that denying the existence of the ROC was detrimental to cross-strait development. 问题，读私读教材读考题章带有明显偏颇嘅政治主张传输俾学生。In an update to a Hong Kong elementary school textbook, the ROC government was removed from a description of the 1949 retreat to Taiwan. Now the textbook says the KMT retreated to Taiwan. 诶，一九四九年啊，国民党政权。In 1949, the Kuomintang regime lost the civil war it launched against the people and retreated to the island of Taiwan, thus losing its status as the legal government representing the whole of China. The spokesman said the ROC government has not existed since 1949. To date, this is one of Beijing's most direct repudiations of the ROC. The constitution of the Republic of China is still being implemented to this day. What is your view on that? If you look at the current consensus of the international community and the resolutions of the United Nations, you will see that my statement is correct. It is not the international consensus to deny the existence of the ROC. We still have diplomatic relations with 15 countries. Any proposal that eliminates or denies the ROC's existence would not be conducive to future cross-strait development. Just days earlier, the KMT's chairman had proposed the 1992 Consensus Plus, a cross-strait policy based on the ROC Constitution. But with Beijing rejecting the ROC's existence, it would appear that a consensus is far from reached. On both sides of the strait, it is a fact that each side does not recognize the other's sovereignty. That fact is precisely why the original 1992 consensus came about. A so-called consensus is not a consensus unless both sides agree. To this day, the KMT is living in an imaginary world where the definition of the 1992 consensus allows for two interpretations of China. The lawmaker said the KMT should face up to the reality that is China's stance, even if the KMT. Clings to one China, two interpretations. Only one interpretation is possible in the eyes of Beijing, he said. Our planet is running out of resources as humans use up water, land, and energy faster than they can regenerate. This Earth Month, you can challenge yourself to reducing your footprint on the Earth through small, manageable steps. That's the proposition of 21 Days of Green, an Earth Month campaign created by local environmentalists. After adding the account Green Action on the social media app Line, participants will receive a quick and easy Green Challenge every day in the month of April. For most news. Reporter Stephanie Yang reports.
Do you want to live a greener lifestyle but don't know where to start? There's a 21-day online challenge that features eco-friendly steps every day. After you add the account Green Action online, the 21-day Green Challenge will ask you to complete a green challenge of your choice each day. One challenge is unsubscribing from emails you don't read, because emails produce carbon. Another challenge is saying no to plastic utensils on Uber Eats. When ordering food from food delivery apps, you can leave a note saying, I really don't need tableware. The app already lets you opt out of tableware, but some restaurant workers or couriers will still give you some because they're worried you don't have them. This 21-day challenge is organized by Green Vines, Taiwan Environmental Information Association, B-Lab Taiwan, and Rethink Taiwan. They've held this event each year since 2017. So far, 16,000 people have participated, completing 160,000 green challenges. This year's green challenges were chosen by a public vote. Many of them tackle environmental problems created by the pandemic. Before 2020, we cleaned so many beaches and did not see that many masks and that much rubbish. But since last year, we've been seeing a lot of discarded masks every time we go down to the beach. Masks are actually made of plastic and not a natural cloth material, so it damages the environment. I encourage everyone to discard their masks correctly. There is a green challenge that encourages everyone to cut the strings off their mask because there are some animals that can get strangled by the discarded mask. Due to the pandemic, food delivery apps are more popular than ever. There has been an increase in waste created by online shopping, according to a March survey by the Taiwan Environmental Information Association. We found that 57.9% of people were going outside less often due to the pandemic. 21% of people were increasing their delivery orders, and 30% of people were shopping more online. The survey also showed a rising awareness of the toll human activity takes on the earth. 65% of respondents said they care more about protecting the environment now than they had in the past. The top three issues they cared about were climate change, air pollution, and plastics pollution. Organizers of the 21-day challenge are calling on everyone to take small actions to save the planet they live on. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. TSMC's earnings call was highly anticipated by investors on Thursday, as it was expected to post strong revenue amid the global ship chip shortage. The numbers didn't disappoint. Net profit rose 19.4 percent on-year on in the first quarter to reach 139.69 billion NT, a new quarterly record. Earnings per share came in at 5.39 NT. In addition, the foundry raised its revenue forecast for the year to 20%, up from 15%. It said that the global chip shortage will continue until 2023. On Thursday, TSMC's stock price rallied 1.14% ahead of the earnings conference, closing at 619 NT. The TIEX finished up 1.25% at a record topping, 17,076 points. Taiwan has announced new rules for its travel bubble program with Palau, with an eye to boosting interest. New travel agencies have been approved to offer cheaper options in the 40K range. Officials also lifted a quarantine rule that was blamed for putting customers off. With poor sales and a flight cancelled, the CCC and Tourism Bureau called an emergency meeting to prop up the travel bubble. 
They've decided to waive the five days of enhanced self-health management that returning travelers face on top of nine days of standard self-health management. Going forward, travelers will only need to complete 14 days of the standard form. Relaxing the self-health management requirements will make it easier for consumers to say yes. The schedule for departing flights will be adjusted to Wednesday and Saturday to give more flexibility to consumers arranging the holiday. Besides loosening quarantine rules, the Taiwan and Palau tourism bodies are adding two more travel agencies to the bubble program, up from six. The hope is that adding competition to the mix will bring prices down. We'll keep the price point around 40,000 to 50,000 NT. Now there's more choice when it comes down to the itineraries. Consumers can build their vacation by choosing the preferred itineraries and preferred hotels. Given that, there's a lot of diversity in the offerings. A price of 40,000 to 50,000 NT is easy to wrap your head around, but still, it's on the high side. Cheaper trips, easier quarantine, and more holiday packages to choose from. Officials hope that will be enough to pique interest. Tourism authorities in both countries plan to review the bubble program on a rolling basis. Former central bank banker Peng Huainan has been out of the public eye since retiring in 2018, but he's still getting recognition for his legacy. National Tsinghua University has announced it will confer an honorary economics doctorate on the former banker on April 29th. It will be the second such distinction by the university, which awarded its first to former central bank governor Yu Guohua. He led Taiwan through the global financial crisis and the European debt crisis. He's the man behind the so-called Penghuainan line of defense, and he kept inflation at around 2%. These are extremely hard-won achievements. He is the first central banker in the world to earn Global Finance Magazine's grade A 14 times. Pong was regarded as one of the world's best central bankers during his 20-year tenure. In 2006, the University of Minnesota granted him an honorary doctorate of law, an honor he's also received from National Taipei University. Once again, One Song Orchestra has gone on tour, this time in Ilan County. The orchestra, which specializes in Taiwanese music, embarked on a five-day, 15-concert tour on Thursday. One concert of the day was at Guting Elementary School, where they entertained the kids with familiar folk melodies. Through playing on tour, One Song Orchestra aims to bring traditional Taiwanese music to every corner of the country. Ten-string musicians put a new spin on the Taiwan folk melody Maiden of Alishan. Some move up into the bleachers for some live audience interaction. This is one song orchestra on its sixth grassroots tour. On Thursday, it arrived at Guting Elementary School, playing to a crowd of masked children who hung on to the melodies with rapt attention. We at One Song Orchestra have always performed the music of Taiwan. We believe this music shouldn't be confined to big cities and performance halls. It should also flow into the grassroots, into rural areas. One Song Orchestra takes its music on tour to small towns across Taiwan. Over the past three years, it's played more than 100 concerts at some of the most far-flung corners of the country. For this tour, concerts are scheduled at schools and attractions like National Center for Traditional Arts and Lanyang Museum. 
Today, this wasn't just about listening to beautiful music. This was also a chance for Guting Elementary, Yutian Elementary, and Dafu Elementary, as well as Guoling Elementary, to engage in music exchange. Activities like this expose the kids to one song orchestra as well as the gorgeous sounds of Taiwan. During Thursday's event, Guting's rhythmic gymnastics team put on a special performance for their guests. One Song Orchestra will tour for five days, playing 15 concerts at eight Elan schools in six local landmarks to bring Taiwan music to a wider audience. The Environmental Protection Administration is working with colleges across Taiwan to develop new ways to process industrial wastewater. With the current drought highlighting Taiwan's vulnerability to water shortages, scientists are turning their attention to how to conserve water more effectively. Some of the new technologies emerging could save Taiwan entire reservoirs of water. Under this mountain of bubbles, a tank of dirty car wash water is piped into a filter, and the result coming out of the filtration tower is clean and clear. This new water management system, invented by a team from Mingzhi University of Technology and Taipei Medical University, recycles wastewater. Out of these 10 tons, we could recycle 8 tons. Over an entire year, if 1,000 small and medium-sized businesses used it, we estimate they would save enough water to fill two Baoshan reservoirs. That's an awful lot of water. As Taiwan's water crisis deepens, wastewater recycling systems like these will come into their own. In the past, we treated wastewater by trying to reduce its harm on the environment and disposing of it. Not anymore. Now, we want to promote using it as a resource, either by recycling the chemicals in it or at least by recycling the water itself. The EPA is working with four major colleges to find new solutions. Mingzhi University has produced a non-thermal plasma technology that can oxidize or break down pollutants. It could be used to clean water containing antibiotics or wastewater from the printing and dyeing industries. New ways to handle water containing heavy metals have emerged from both NTU and Fuying University. Fuying's vacuum crystallization technology uses electroplating to remove 99% of the ammonia in wastewater within 72 hours. NTU's capacitive deionization technology allows valuable heavy metals to be removed from water and recycled. High-tech industries and traditional industries all produce wastewater containing these sorts of heavy metals. Through processing, it can quickly reach the standards for drinking water and can certainly be recycled and reused. With so many teams working on the issue, a whole raft of new ways to conserve and reuse water will soon be put into action across the country. According to the Eden Social Welfare Foundation, one out of every 15 children in Taiwan has de developmental delays. These delays can affect a child's cognitive, physical, social or emotional skills. The foundation has provided early intervention services for children for the past 27 years. From now to June 30th, you can support their work simply by enjoying a meal at an Italian restaurant. For Mosin News reporter Stephanie Yang has the story. <laughs> Entertainer Josie Lin and four-year-old Cici help patrons disinfect their hands and take their temperatures. Then Cici and Lin take their orders and serve meals. This is an event organized by the Indian Social Welfare Foundation. Cici is four years old. She has delayed development in cognitive learning. Her mother is also disabled and can only provide Cici basic life care and guidance. Cici came to the Indian Social Welfare Foundation's treatment center a year ago with support from the staff, Cici's communication skills have improved a lot. 
Participating in this event and serving as a charity ambassador for the Eden Social Welfare Foundation has allowed me to really know what children with developmental delays go through and what channels are available to help them. I interacted with Tzitzi today. Actually, I really don't see the difference from her appearance, only after she spoke. I can hear that her speech is a bit slower than that of ordinary people. But with the help of the Eden Social Welfare Foundation, she can improve quickly. According to the World Health Organization, 68% of children show some form of delayed development in language acquisition, cognitive learning, and other forms of development. The EDN Social Welfare Foundation provides early intervention treatment services such as special education, family support, and medication. From March 30th to June 30th, the EDN Social Welfare Foundation and Italian restaurant have partnered to launch a series of promotional activities at the restaurant to raise early treatment funds for children with developmental delays. If you order a 2% meal, the restaurant will allocate 2% of the sales amount toward early treatment funds for children with developmental delays. In addition, the public can donate online. There are more than 100,000 children with developmental delays in Taiwan. In fact, one out of every 15 children may have developmental delays. The Foundation's assistance to children with developmental delays is through early intervention treatment. They will visit our center. Our teacher will accompany them and assist them with their developmental delays. Early treatment is for children aged 0 to 6. In fact, 0 to 3 years old is the golden period of treatment. If children 0 to 3 years old can come to early treatment, that can actually speed up their growth. Children with developmental delays and their families endure many hardships throughout the children's lives, and yet these challenges can be reduced with early intervention. The Foundation hopes that more people can lend a hand to help these children and their families. For Most News, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei.